0: All right, let's get this party started. All right, that's a dangerous seat right there. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, come on in, everybody. Let's uh, let's make the most of our hour together, and uh, we'll 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 do some more root canals. I hope it hasn't been quite that painful, but uh, that's what we'll do. Hey, my wife and I—she's floating around here somewhere. Oh, I think she's greeting at the door. Um, we're just just very excited to have done life with you guys, and we have felt like this is our home. You've embraced us, loved on us, and uh, just given us a great place to have a very much needed rest. Uh, We didn't take a break because we were burnt out. Uh, We just took a break because people told us we needed to. (laughs) And then when we did, we realized, oh, yeah, we should have did this a long time ago. (laughs) But it's just been a great place. And, of course, you've heard the announcement. where We are actually, as soon as I'm done teaching tonight, our car is loaded, and we are heading to Seattle. So that is what we're doing. So just be praying there. Boo oh man that's ter- that's the worst way to start a night ever man <laughs> Okay, in conclusion, um, (laughs) wow, Uh, so anyway, that's what we're doing, so pray for us, please keep us in your prayers, and uh, we'll be connecting our webpage, obviously, Coastline webpage, and you'll be able to keep up with us, and we'll be back and forth a few times before the year's ended, and uh, a lot of groundwork to do, Uh, I know you didn't come to hear about all that, but that's what's happening. And um, last week we talked about, uh, I want to make this kind of a, not really a disclaimer, but um, something I, I felt very heavy all week that I forgot to say to you that I want to say. And and then we'll pray and dive into some new stuff tonight. Uh, last week I dealt with uh, the generational um, roots. How many were here for that? L- let me just see. Oh, wow. Okay. How many weren't? Let me just kind of see. All right. No, it kind of helps me, so I know. Uh, So, uh, um, well, I want to make this one kind of disclaimer, or I want to qualify a few things, because when we talk about generational roots, um, it could become very easy to look backwards and point fingers and blame people. And some of us have been raised by people that were healthy, and some of us were raised by people that weren't and 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 it would be very easy to look backwards and blame a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or a grandpa or stuff like that. but how many know as christians that 's not what we do because the Bible makes it very clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and and the reality is is that broken people they do what they do with the knowledge that they have, right everyone. And uh, come on, we haven't been perfect all our lives either, have we? And uh, so uh, I just kind of want to make that, uh, I I just felt like I needed to set that because people ask me questions afterwards and tell me stories and every once in a while I hear this story that's just still filled with really hatred and bitterness and, you know, those kind of things. And I understand the feelings that come with that. Um, but we can't look backwards and blame. And I just want to remind us of all those things. I think that people that hurt us, hurting people hurt people, right, everyone? And so that's why God gives us the power through grace to begin to break that and pull that root out. So tonight I'm going to try to wrap up a few things. Let's pray together. Father, I love you and uh, just honored again that you would allow me the opportunity just to kind of just share. I I hope I share your heart. And in some of the things you've taught me, God, that it would be beneficial to others. And uh, just again, thank you for the journey that Patty and I have got to have and being part of Coastline Church. We ask all this for your glory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I was speaking at my very first conference. And so when you're, when you're a speaker or a preacher and you get invited to speak at a conference, that's kind of a big deal. And so it was this hotel... And so we stayed at the hotel and it was a ballroom and there was probably about a thousand, uh, youth pastors and youth leaders that and I was one of the keynote speakers and I went down that morning to uh, open the session and back in those days we didn't have PowerPoint and iPads and Bibles on iPhones and all that we had these old-fashioned manuscripts right here how many know what this is let me just see how many have one of these and I'm just kind of curious you have one in your possession let me see it come on Okay, three, that's awesome, okay, so, <laughs> and we don't even have PowerPoint tonight, what are we going to do? How are we going to get through this? But, um, and so I realized, I got all the way down there, and they were like on the last song or two before they introduced me, and, and, um, and you know, there's posters all up, this youth specialties conference, and my picture is on with some of the other speakers, and I realized that I had forgot my Bible and my message notes. Now, um, that's kind of an important thing. Would you agree, right? Uh, And so I didn't think I was good enough to wing it, and I'm still not. And uh, so I decided I'll run back up to my room and get my stuff and be down here. It'll be no problem. Well, there's a little side note to that. I've been stuck in two elevators in my life. I was trapped in an elevator in a high-rise in Chicago when I was 10 years old, and then I was also stuck in one as an adult. And so I kind of have this little phobia of, of elevators. And anybody, can I get any sympathy from anybody that has the same, I don't like elevators? Okay, good. You know, to show you how brave I am, whenever I go to get on an elevator, I let my wife walk in first, just because, <laughs> because I'm a courageous man, you know, and... Uh, and so, <laughs> after you, and uh, I, I jump in the elevator and running up to my room, and, and I push whatever floor, I don't remember what it was, and the elevator's going up, and then it made this like, this sound like it was stopping. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and it sounded like it stopped, it felt like it, but the doors didn't open. And I'm thinking, you know, because how many know sometimes we can measure our future with what happens in the past, right? And I'm thinking, this cannot be happening. And then it moves again, the elevator starts moving again, and it makes the sound like it's stopping, and it sounds like the doors are opening, but they don't open. And I'm kind of starting to freak out. I'm, you, you know, it doesn't have to be possible. It just has to be imaginable. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm thinking of all these things like, oh, I just blew it. I'll never get invited to do anything again. And, and, and I'm starting to kind of panic. And I, I don't feel like the elevator's moving. It sounded like the doors open, but the doors didn't open. And then, and then um, you know, I was just like getting ready to start pounding on the doors and say, hey, help, get me out of this. And I heard a voice from in back of me. And uh, now I know I got on the elevator all by myself. And and I turned around to see two of the maids standing in back of me and recognized that it was a two-sided door elevator. <laughs> and I thought I was trapped in something that was so easy to get out of, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was the keynote speaker, everybody, huh? And, uh, well... Let me just ask this question. How many of you ever felt trapped in something and perhaps it was exacerbated by a previous issue in your life? Anybody ever felt trapped in life? I love Jesus, but man, why do I do, why do I act, why do I feel the way that I feel? And um, I hope that this series has at least created some curiosity in you and Maybe rattled the bushes a little bit. Um, As I said a few weeks ago, we're just here kind (laughs) of, we got the easy part. We're just identifying the problem. We're just kind of shaking the bushes a little bit. Um, I think Mona is here tonight. And is Cindy here also? Do I see Cindy? Uh, Could you guys just wave your hand so we know who you are, Mona and Cindy? Uh, They're going to be handing out material and answering questions tonight because we as a church really would love to see you plug into a life Uh, life group and and go through life, um, and they can tell you more about that. But I just suggest to everybody, if this has touched a nerve, and I, I have to believe that if you're here, it's touched some kind of nerve or something in your life. And so tonight I'm going to do my best just to kind of categorize some things and give you a little bit of an action plan but if you're serious about really pulling out some of those roots and and finding the answers to how do those hurts in my life and those disappointments and the sin that I was involved in before Jesus how does that relate to the fruit that's in my life to the actions that are in my life I just highly suggest you getting involved in one of our life groups a little bit of recap uh, a fruit if you can remember a fruit, we are identifying as an action, right? So... Uh, whether that's fear or anxiety or depression or anger or lust, that has some kind of manifestation. It comes out in some form of an action. That fruit then is tied to a root, and we've identified that a root is a stronghold. A stronghold is just simply a wrong way of processing an event or thinking about an event or a circumstance in our life. Uh, Just for a little interaction, has anybody ever had a wrong way of thinking about anything in your life, just so we know we're in good company. All right, so I just want to make sure we're in good company, because how many you know, sometimes you sit in a service and go, man, I'm the only one that's getting this. Nobody else can relate, right? So, um, and, and so that's what it is. A root is a stronghold. It's a, it's a, so in my case, when I had uh, anger issues, the anger was a wrong way of processing challenges or problems that came my way, okay? So it's a stronghold. It's a wrong way of thinking or processing. Those all those roots then start with a seed and a seed is very simple it's an event that happens in our life it's it's the accidents of life the incidents of life the disappointments the abuses the abandonments the things that we choose to do and the things that get done to us and then all of that grows in what we call the soil of shame or a bible word would be condemnation and uh, so it grows in that and then just quickly, Jesus tells us, uh, this all just in the way of repeat to kind of get us on the same page. Jesus tells us in Luke 17 that, um, that if we speak to the mulberry tree, it would be uprooted. And if you haven't heard this already, just let me repeat a little bit, that Jesus chose the mulberry tree to show us the complexity of the roots that grow in our life. Because Jesus, our excuse me, our Father, when he created us, he also put good seeds in us. And, and, and we grow and so he puts seeds of uh, potential and greatness and destiny and spiritual gifts in us, and sometimes those uh, those seeds begin to grow, but the bad seeds and the bad events and the and the issues that have happened in life they take root also, and they begin to grow, and like the mulberry tree, the mulberry tree finds the uh, the roots of other trees, intertwines with the roots of other trees, stealing the nourishment from the other trees, uh, hindering those, that fruit from being grown and, and accelerating the mulberry fruit to, uh, to grow. And, and the illustration then is this. How many times do the seeds of greatness begin to be strangled by the roots of the hurts and the issues and the disappointments of life? Let me say it a different way. How many times does anger rob joy? You see what I'm saying? And so, and I've discovered in my life that it's not as simple as standing in a prayer line and just letting somebody wave a Bible over me and anoint me with oil and saying everything's all, all right. I don't know about you, but I've discovered that this Christian thing is a lifelong journey of unwinding the things of the world and becoming more like Christ. Can anybody relate to that? I just, all right, just want to make sure. So uh, tonight I, I just, I kind of titled this uh, Take Action because I want to give you a little bit of an action plan. And, and, um, and, and just the phrase take action simply means there's something required by the person receiving the information. So that means all of us we're all going to receive information tonight and you know james tells us in in james chapter number one don't just be hearers of the word if we just hear the word then we deceive ourselves Now, you'll have to take notes tonight because, again, I don't have PowerPoint, all right? Let me give you this. Uh, I want to give you uh, John chapter number 5, verse number 1 through 9. I may use this. I might not. Uh, Again, we don't have the scripture in front of us, so I'm going to go old school and, like, just read it to you. (laughs) How about that? All right? Uh, John chapter number 5. Most of you, I think all of you will probably know this story, um, but I... I I, want to use it really just kind of as a backdrop to consider some things in this man's life, how we can begin to take action on the bad roots uh, that are in our life. So let me just read the story. Here's what it says. uh, Lengthy portion of Scripture, verses number 1 through 9. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version because it has a few... Uh, a few little things that help me bring some clarity. It says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Some translations say five colonnades. In, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whosoever then first, whosoever then, first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. I mean, that's a long time, would you agree? Thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Doesn't that, isn't that an interesting question that Jesus asked? Here's a guy that's laying here in, in what would look like a, an emergency room, and Jesus comes up to the guy that's been laying in the emergency room for 38 years, and Jesus says, Would you like to get better? I... I I just find things like that kind of fascinating. Things like that just make me stop and go, wait a minute here, there's something to that. And, and we're going to look at that tonight. And then verse number 7 says, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. On the same day was the Sabbath. Tonight, um, you know, I can't, I can't take the time to identify all of the different roots that we, we have, and in, in the manifestation of those, and try to tie all those together. So here's kind of what I want to do. I, I, I just want to kind of throw them out there to you in some categories. Again, I'm trying to. Jumble a whole bunch of different messages into one. Um, so I, I want to give you just kind of three categories for you to consider in your own life as you begin to try to deal with the roots and the bad fruit in our life. Instead of because sometimes in my situation it could become very overwhelming. So let's look at let, let's categorize some roots into three categories and start tugging on them that way. Okay, everybody, here we are. I, I want to talk to you, and we find it in the story. I want to talk to you about. Uh, the roots that stem from the social environments of our life and then i want to talk to you about the roots i did this a little bit on part 1 that come the the roots that are very systemic in other words they they are a result of the the bad systems in our life and then i want to talk to you about the roots that come from the struggles of our life And so, um, and and we'll use this portion of Scripture a little bit as a backdrop. So number one, let's talk about the social roots in our life. Verse number three, let me go back to what this man says, uh, or what the Scripture says. Hear a great number. How many? A great number. So everybody that's in this colonnade, everybody has an issue. Okay? So there's a great number of disabled people. They lied there. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Um, th- there's, there's, this whole colonnade is filled with all these broken people. Have you ever heard this phrase, birds of a feather... I just find this fascinating because these individuals were segregated and isolated to live with like people. They they were all pushed into the same place. And how many of you know that you only know what you see in life? You only know, this is going to sound silly, but you only know what you only know, right? And there are certain times where we can be trapped in an environment and we only know a certain way to act because it's the only thing that we've ever seen. It's the only thing we've ever heard. It's the only thing we've ever witnessed. It's the only thing that's ever been modeled in front of us. Are you guys following what I'm saying so far? Uh, th- th- they were stuck in a social environment. Their root systems were social in nature. Uh, and, and that prevented them from seeing anybody else that was healthy. Every day they looked around and what'd they see? Blind, lame, and paralyzed people. Every day, blind, lame, and paralyzed people. When, When I began to try to overcome some of the insecurities and the anger issues in my life and some of those kind of things, all I ever knew was mad people, violent people, angry people, people that yelled at people, people that hit people, people that, you know, just, that's all, and that's all I ever see. How many know if that's all you ever see, it's hard to see a different way, right? If you, if you grow up in one environment, then, you, you know, we could sit piously and say, well, they ought to just change that. But if that's all that's been modeled for you, how many know those roots can grow in that social environment? Is that making sense to everybody? And so, and you say, well, that doesn't really relate to us. I mean, come on, we don't, we don't have bad neighborhoods here. How many know your environment has to do a whole lot more than the subdivision you live in, right? It can be the home, the attitude, the culture, the atmosphere that, that you live in or grow up in. That's what I see. And I believe that the social environments that we live in and that we hang out in, in, has a lot to do with our ability to have a breakthrough and to produce good fruit in our life. And I think that when people are serious about changing their lives, they eventually have to consider their social structure. They eventually have to consider who, who who's who am I learning from? Who's talking to me? Who what am I listening to? Who am I listening to? Who's fueling this stuff in my life? Does that make sense? Uh, uh um um see I just don't think that you can have you can always have the same people around you, the same kind of person around you and if you're broken in an area, how many of you know that hanging out with people that are broken in the same area is comfortable and so when you get in another environment, another culture. It's not comfortable. We used to tease all the time. My family is like, looks like Ozzy Osbourne. My wife's family looks like Leave it to Beaver. And I'm going to tell you, when Ozzy Osbourne met June Cleaver, I'm going to tell you that there was some uncomfortable moments. Thanksgiving at my house, I mean, you just, the TV's on, people are yelling, people are in and out, whoever fought for the turkey leg got the turkey leg. I went to her house for the very first Thanksgiving, her dad was dressed in a cardigan, there's china on the table, and you could hear the forks hitting the plate, and I was so nervous because nobody talked unless it was past the biscuits, right? Because if you only know one culture, to get in another culture, you feel uncomfortable. If you only know how to fight one way, to fight a civilized way feels uncomfortable, right? If you only know how to treat people, love people, uh, one way to try to change that is uncomfortable because you have lived in this colonnade of like. People. You were raised by like people. You, you following what I'm saying? Um, and, and so I just really believe that it's dangerous to only have those like you around you. There has to come a time where you are, that you feel uncomfortable. That you're not the smartest person in the room. That you're sitting in a circle that, wow, I don't, I don't get this. I don't understand this. And let me tell you, in my life of healing, I had to get in those circles where people were talking about different things that I'd never heard of. I had to get in circles of seeing healthy husbands and healthy fathers and healthy men and it was very Uncomfortable because I didn't grow up in that colonnade And 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 please you got to dive into that a little bit further because it does not necessarily have to do with your Geographical location. It has to do with the mindsets the atmospheres the teachings that we grow up in um I think that you eventually have to get around someone smarter than you, Mm -hmm. Um, faster, uh, you know, healthier. You just have to get around those people because if everyone around you is sick and everyone around you is depressed and everyone around you is angry and everyone around you is a gossip and all the guys you hang out with are cheating on their wives, come on, somebody and everybody around you is egotistical, guess what? It's easy to stay that way because abnormal begins to look normal because that's all you see. I, I, I didn't think there was a single thing wrong with the way I spoke to my wife because that was normal to me. It took me some time to understand that's abnormal. That is not Right? <laughs> That, that just is not right. You, you, the Bible says this, you become what you gaze upon. So, so what we're constantly looking at, that's, that's what we become. And um, I, th- I find this interesting kind of too, that the Bible says that they were blind, lame, and paralyzed. Think about that for just a minute. If all you ever do is hang around with blind, lame, and paralyzed people, w- would you at least agree with me that the chances of you going anywhere are kind of slim? Blind. What, what, what is that? Blind, simple, lost my vision. Don't ha- have any, no vision. Now, for me, I grew up in neighborhoods where nobody had any vision. The vision was, I hope we can make next week's rent, or next month's rent. Uh, it, that doesn't take a lot of vision, right? I mean, that's blindness. It's blindness just to, just to be kind of in that trap. And, and sometimes we need to get around some people that have big vision to challenge our vision. To see, to help us understand that where I'm at is not where I have to stay. The reason that I've been so willing to share my story so much is because I hope it sir. I hope it gives people vision and hope to say, you know what, I might be here right now, but if God could do it for that guy, he can do it for me. I hope it helps you have vision that your tomorrows can be better than your yesterdays. And where I'm at is not where I have to stay, and what I have is not all that I can have. And just because granddaddy and daddy did it that way does not mean that's how I have to stay the rest of my life. If daddy was an alcoholic, I don't have to be one. Come on, somebody, right? everybody? All right. And, um, and I love this because, um, and it says they were lame. And, and lameness speaks of not being able to make progress. You, you, you're just in a vicious cycle. Have you ever met anybody that's just, they're just in a vicious cycle? Uh, Tim, we make, you know, we kind of talk about guys like that at the gym. You've been in the gym for 30 years and you still look like the day you walked in. They're just kind of, keep on. I know people in church the same way though. Come to church all the time. And it's like the same old thing. And there's no, you know, they're just waiting for their ship. It's like lottery-minded Christians. So one day my marriage is going to be better, but you've become lame. There's no progress. It, it, it's it just the same thing, and there's no advancement. There's no progress. I love this thought because as, as I was trying to get healing in my life, think about this. The children of Israel left Egypt. If you know anything about that, Egypt means narrow place means place of bondage it it means uh, a restricted place God wanted to take them from there to the land of Canaan Canaan represents the land of blessing rhythm flow okay and so but think about this the day they left Egypt the first day they're marching they turn around and what do they see they still see Egypt they see all the statues and the idols and the things that they built and the, but then they walk again the second day and the third day, and they turn around and they still see it. They, they, they turn around a week later. And what's happening, every time in their continued journey, the statues that were this big, every day they're, they're more distant and they're more distant and they're more distant and they're more distant to one day it's hard to even remember, that's who I was? huh it, it, it used to be this issue every day. But you know, I'm journeying with Christ and now it doesn't come up quite as much. And, and I'm making some progress. Hey, you know what? The devil wants to condemn you for the times you mess up, but you ought to turn around and remember, you know what? I'm not where I want to be, but I thank God I'm not where I was. Those idols, that Egypt, that bondage, that narrow place, that anger, that depression, that lust, that issue back there, it's getting smaller the more I walk with Christ. And if you're lame, if you're paralyzed, you can't make that progress right? And, and, and then he says the paralyzed. Paralyzed just simply is, is a picture of not having any action in our room. I find this interesting. You could put strangers in a room. If we got all locked in here, you know what would happen? I, I, I don't know how many hours it would take, but eventually birds of a feather flock together. I mean, you would have all the certain kind of people over in one corner talking about one thing and certain kind of people over. Eventually, all the people will gather under the same colonnade. Um, it's hard to get out. It's hard to get healed because everyone around you has the same mindset. I used to say this. If you have an anger problem, you cannot be hanging out with mean, ready-to-fight people. Come on. I mean, they're just putting fertilizer on that root that you're desperately trying to get rid of, right? And uh, it would have never worked. If you've got to know my wife at all, my wife, I've never, ever seen my wife mad. I mean, that's like a miracle living with me. I mean, I've never seen her mad, ever. And here's the... (laughs) Well, um, well, I was going to try to be funny on that, but never mind. Um, If I would have married a woman that was a finger-snapping, head-popping, oh-no-you-didn't kind of woman, you know what I'm talking about? I'd have blown the house up. (laughs) I would have. It's kind of like, I'll blow the whole house up just to make my point, right? Here's what I'm saying. I had an anger issue, so I couldn't hang out in that colonnade. I couldn't pursue that. I couldn't marry. Is that making sense? That's what I'm trying to say here. Um, and, 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 And that's why, listen, that's why church... Finding the right church and getting in a healthy, small, uh, a connect group, rather, uh, that that needs to challenge me. I need to sit in that chair sometimes and go, wow, I never thought of that. I need to sit in that chair sometimes and feel uncomfortable because it's different than the world I'm used to. I need to be challenged. I need to be in a, a connect group that inspires me, that changes me, that challenges me. I, I, I want the atmosphere and the environment and the culture of my church to be alive and to be filled with contenders and to be filled with people that are on the journey. And I want to connect with people that have been in the same journey and are making progress in their journey. Does that make sense? I can't keep hanging out with the same people all the time. It's... It, it, uh, This man needed a miracle, but the people that he was around prevented an atmosphere of miracles. I know you've heard this, but the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. There was no expectancy in his atmosphere. There was no expectancy there. And uh, so we have to get in an atmosphere that gives us hope for a better tomorrow. Uh, Let's talk about systems a little bit more. I talked about this a little bit on the first one. Is this helping anybody? Because uh, I can camp there a little bit i 'm just trying to give you a whole bunch um, let 's talk about okay, so we have roots that grow that really are in social in nature. then we have some roots that are systemic in nature um, and we talked about this week number one, and a system is just simply how we manage a, a methods in our life. so watch this watch this guy 's broken system. We wonder why thirty eight years. 38 years. He's in a broken system. Let me say it this way. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. And it's just amazing sometimes how people just continue to do the same old thing and thinking one day it's going to get better. We, we, we just do the same thing in our marriage and think one day my husband's going to get it together. One day my wife's going to get it together. And we just do the same thing and hope for a different result. The system is broken, and there's strongholds in the system. There's roots in the system. Look at verse number 7. If you have your Bibles, have not, just jot it down. Here's what it says. Sir, the invalid man replied, I have no one to help me. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Um, I just find this interesting because here's Jesus talking to him, and this man begins to tell Jesus, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, that his system is broken. Here, here, here's our system, Jesus. We all wait. We, we all just, we kind of wait, and once a year or so, an angel comes down. Um, some, some scholars differ whether there was an actual angel or not. The NIV doesn't even talk about the angel, but says that the waters are stirred. So, so here's our system, Jesus. We all just wait, and, and one time a year or so, the water is stirred and the first one to roll over into the water gets healed. The fastest one, the most alert one, the one with the most friends, the one in the best position, that's our system. How many think that's a terrible system? Huh? Uh, and so for 38 years, he's lived in a broken system and for 38 years, he's paralyzed. man. There's a problem with the system. If you're waiting 364 days a year of waiting, there comes a time when you gotta stop waiting for the change and break out of that system and break out of waiting for your ship to come in. Because every year, every time you miss the opportunity, that root grows deeper, that bitterness grows deeper, the hopelessness, the helplessness, the the, the, uh, the excuses, they grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And every year that passes, you you just you, you just build a fortress around. Around that strongholds that that's just the way it is that's just the that's as good as my marriage is going to be that's just the kind of person I am well you know this is just my lot in life and and I just want to submit to you to reconsider um your system in life your process where are you trying to get and if you're not getting there we have to reevaluate the process of getting there the system of getting there um I think that too many Christians sometimes have what I call the lottery mindset, kind of everyone thinking when, the, when all the planets line up that, that, you know, everything will be all right. Um, this guy's system, I just believe, was too small. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't, I don't want to wait 38 more years for healing. I don't want to wait 38 years for a financial breakthrough. I can't wait. Some some of us need like thirty eight minutes, and we need Jesus something to do, right? God, we need. Uh, there's people. Seriously, I'm I'm being kind of funny, but there's people that are like, I need healing right now. I I I I, I can't make it thirty eight years. I don't I don't know if I'll make it thirty eight days. I, there, there's people that we've talked to uh, in this community that are like on on the right there, ready. To, to end their marriage, we've talked to people that are ready to end their life, ready to bail on Christianity, bail on God, bail on a mother or a father. Just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, just, you know, the system is broken, and, uh, and, and I, I believe I'm waiting on God, but there comes a time when we got to just stop, just sitting around hoping for something good to happen. And we got to put some practices in place, some healthy things in place uh, for that to happen. Um, um, hmm, 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 hmm. L- let me say this before I get off this point. I, see, you can come to church and, and love God but not change your system. And, um, y- you know, it's not enough to come to church and hear a good sermon. Would you agree with me on that? I mean that's nice. <laughs> we definitely don't want to come to church and hear a boring sermon, right? But 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 it's not enough if the systems don't change. In other words, if all I get is new information, information is just education. But if I change my system with that information, it becomes revelation. In other words, that becomes a breakthrough. Um it, I had a a business friend that said it this way to me. He said, Ken, if all you do is gather new information, but you don't change the process of your life, of how you... I I can be told all day long to love my wife, but if my marriage isn't changing, then I need to change the process of what that looks like. Because if I keep doing the same thing all the time, nothing changes. And I had a friend that told me, he said, you can get all the new information you want to, but if, you don't, if that information doesn't become revelation through, ch- through the changing of the process, the systems of your life, then it's like paving an old cow path. All you did was pave the cow path, but you're still going down the same trail all the time. Here, let me do it this way. Let me say it a little more Christian way. If all you do is get principles when you come to church, and that's all you do, but you don't let those principles change and guide the systems of your life, it's like taking new wine and putting it in an old wineskin. It can't hold it. You can give me the principles all day long, but if I don't let those principles change the systems of the way I do life, the the system of how I manage my money, the system of how I raise my children, the system of how I uh, work on my marriage, the system of how I have personal growth, the system of how I have emotional healing, if it doesn't change the process of how to get from point A to point B, then all I'm doing is taking brand new principles and putting them in an old wineskin and hope that it works. Does that make sense? Um... And, uh, and, and what happens is we have frustrated Christians because they come and they hear the Bible preach and that tells them that they're the head and not the tail and, and that where you're at is not where you have to stay and all that kind of stuff. But new information put into an old uh, uh, process will just become frustrating. And that's why we'll see people come to church, get all fired up about all these new principles, but man, they're frustrated because nothing's changing. It feels good. I'm singing new songs. I'm meeting new people people, it feels great, I got all these, man, I've never heard these, but if we don't apply them to the systems of our life, we eventually get frustrated and say, you know what, that Christian thing doesn't work. Have you ever met anybody like that? It's like we're just constantly in church, constantly getting new information, constantly hearing another sermon, constantly, constantly, always coming, getting new information, but never really coming into knowledge. And, and so my challenge, I, I, even if I end right here, my challenge is, uh, as our paths get ready to depart, is what are you going to do about this stuff? I hope that it's not enough just to come take some notes and go, Pastor Ken, thanks for sharing that with us. That was great, and I appreciate your support. But what are we doing about it? Uh, do you want a better marriage? you got to do something about it. I, I, the, the thing that brought healing in my life was I wanted something better. It, it, it wasn't enough to be told, don't do that no more. It wasn't enough to be told that, you, you know, that I didn't have to have that or I could have... I, I had to find the process of how to get out of Egypt and change the system. I have to do something different. If if I want my marriage better, I have to do something different than I did yesterday. If I want a better relationship with God... I know this is very elementary. Forgive me for being so elementary. But, but I, I just... I just see I, I've been pastoring for 29 years and I see people come and get sermon information but I just want to challenge you about the systems of your life the systems the processes of how we get from point a to point B um, always learning never coming into knowledge uh, all right let's talk about um, let's let's do one more is, is does that is that good enough did I wear that one out good enough all right um uh, let's talk about uh, the struggles of life. I, l- I love what he says in verse number 6. We'll wrap up with this tonight. Um, matter of fact, I'll wrap up with this and give give maybe opportunity for um, maybe somebody to share or ask questions or something. We'll see how we look on time. Um, let's talk about the struggles. Um, this guy has what I call a victim mindset because he's trapped being a victim. He's, he's almost addicted to being the victim. I don't know, and I'm just using this story as a backdrop, so I, I don't really know. But it sure sounds like he has a lot of victim mindset to him. It sure sounds like, well, you know, I mean, we're around here with all these broken people, and every year I sure try to get in there. It just never works out. Have you ever met anybody that just has a, they're addicted to being the victim? They're addicted to their struggle. And they use their struggle as a crutch while they'll never get better. It's almost like a badge that they wear. Well, you know, I gave them a piece of my mind. I just, you know how I am. And it's just like they, they wear that struggle. Well, if you'd have been through what I've been through, you'd be the same way. And they just wear And it just becomes such an excuse. And every time you use it as an excuse, it's like you're adding fertilizer to the root. And, and, and they just become addicted to the struggle. Loving the struggle, love the attention, love the drama. And um, here and that, I think that's why Jesus asked him a serious question that maybe he would even ask us tonight. I know he asked me, do you really want to get better? I mean, think about Jesus asking that question. It, 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 if it wasn't so serious, it'd almost be funny, wouldn't it? I mean, really, Jesus? You really needed to ask that question to this guy? Do you want to get better? Um. You you know, I guess I'm a pretty straight shooter, but here's the deal. Do you want to get better? Well, there's a lot of life groups you can join. There's, 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 do you want to get better? Do, Do you want your marriage to be better? There, there's some great marriage small groups. I'm just saying, do you really want to get better? Or is it just something that it would be nice if I could fit it into my, you know, my bowling league and the kids' soccer games and, you know, if, if I have time, I'd like to. Do you really want to get better? And, and for me, can I just say that's, that's probably, I think that's probably one of the biggest hurdles. Um, I, I had no idea in my life who to ask for help. I had no idea... You know, in those days, people didn't talk about going to counseling. And we didn't have small groups. I, I never heard of a connect group, small group, support group. Never heard of nothing like that. Only kind of group I ever heard of was AA. And I knew I didn't need that. And and, and, and so I didn't know where to go. Um, but I wanted to get better. And I mean, I was serious about it. Uh, it it's amazing how many people... Have you guys ever met with somebody, a friend or somebody that you just pour your heart into them and it's like you want them to get better more than they want to get better? Yeah. you got to want it. And and um, um, and we can't hide behind our issue. You know, the, the guy, if, if you study this a little bit further, it says, you know, there was no one there to help me. There's no one there. It, it's a victim route. Um, and, and so, you know, as I think about this guy, I don't even really feel sorry for this guy um, he, 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 because he's telling me all about his wrong social roots. I got nobody. I got no friends, you know. You can't come to Coastline and say, I have nobody to help me. I have no friends. Yeah, there's connect groups. We're, we're going to set you up tonight. Mona, Cindy, batten down the doors. Don't let them out until you give them a flyer force your friendship on them <laughs> because you can't walk around saying I have nobody to help me Yes you do. We're, we're making it as easy as we know how to do. We're, we're doing everything we can to say there's there's somebody here that's been through what you're going through and can be a friend. Uh, th- this guy keeps telling me I have no friends. I, I see people that attend church their whole life still dealing with the same thing and they say well just nobody re- I can't relate to anybody. You know, I try church, I can't relate to the preacher. Well, Can you relate to God? I mean, can you really, you know, I just have no man. He keeps telling me about his wrong systems. I have no time. You know, I try to do it, but I'm always the last one in. And, um, um, and, and, and so forth and so on. And uh, so um, it was his wrong social roots, his wrong systemic roots, and his wrong struggle roots. And, and here's the last thing I'll just say about this. 364 days he waited for one day. And then when he missed the one day, 364 more days he waited for one day. And when he missed that day, 364 days he waited for one day. And when he missed that day, you getting the point? I think sometimes we waste too many normal days waiting for a spectacular day. When if you just keep adding normal days up, they'll become spectacular. If you keep doing the right, if you start tomorrow on your journey of pulling those roots up, it might not look like a big progress because anger might still be this big. Pride might still be this big. But if the next day you get up and you pull a little on that root, and the next day you get up, And go to a connect group and somebody identifies with you and pours into your life. And the next day you get up and spend some time with God. And the next day you get up and go to church. And the next day you get up and worship. And the next day, I I know this is elementary stuff, but you know what happens? Man, you start turning around and going, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I took my 364 days. And I made them spectacular days. And I quit waiting for that one special speaker to show up on Sunday. I quit waiting for that one Sunday. That one revelation. That one big moment. I can't wait for that conference to happen. I can't wait for that retreat. No, 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 no. Today. Quit wasting your 364 days, guy. I don't feel sorry for you. Because you wasted all those days waiting for a spectacular day. I'm saying, mate. Right now, begin the process of pulling out those roots. And consider the social roots. Consider the systems of your life. And consider, do we really want to get well? The struggles of our life. And um, I think I'm going to end right there. Is that all right with everybody? All right, we're going to end right there. Let me do this, uh, because I think we have ten minutes all right, and and I, I want to pray tonight for all of you, and um, but I just wanted to give an opportunity. I I don't even know really how to do this, Tim. I apologize. I didn't plan this ahead of time, uh, but maybe you could, uh, maybe we could talk. I'm I'm not sure because of the intensity of what this has been. If I can really try to thoroughly answer questions, I'm totally open to trying to answer questions. Uh, But I would maybe like, maybe it would be better if there's anybody that has a story, an illustration that relate to roots that might encourage somebody else in the room. Could we do that? We used to do that in old school church, you know, every once in a while. Could we do something like that? Does anybody just have anything that would be pertinent to this series that you feel like you could share a life story or a breakthrough in your life that may be of a help to somebody else? Anybody tonight? We'll try it. Yes, ma'am. Can you... let's try the microphone all right i know this is extremely informal and in in but this is supposed to be a small group everybody (laughs) can can you do that for me all right
1: okay so this kind of happened recently talking with mona um but since the roots and just been praying for that um just realized that one of the roots from that was happening in my past was from the age of 12 to 16. Um, my, I was the youngest in my family and all my siblings were already married and my dad was an alcoholic and my mom was just, um, devout Christian and just, um, anyway, so that 12 to 16 years, um, was that formative years that I was learning how to be a woman, but my mom was, things were getting rough and we were moving out. We were Mm -hmm. packing up and moving to another city. We were packing up and moving, you know, and those are so in my marriage, I've learned how to check out emotionally when things get rough. Mm-hmm. I won't, you know, we won't split up, we won't do that, but I check out emotionally and like literally that just was revealed this last week. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a test of, okay, what am I going to do when it, you know, when mm-hmm. you have an argument or what I'm going to do when you have a disagreement, am I going to check out emotionally? Am I going to go to your room and listen to the thoughts of the enemy and just, you know, just do something out and zone out I'm praying and I'm asking God to help. So
0: that's great. Can I add something on that? I'm not saying this is you, but um, I want to do better. How many of you have wanted to do better but find it hard getting to what you want? Let me just see. Yeah, that's why we gotta we 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 have to have the tools and we have to have the friends that help us get the tools and apply the tools. And again. This was not about me being a commercial for life, but <laughs> I just believe in it so much. And, um, you know, because for me, I, I started recognizing, oh, I don't want to feel this way. But how many know it's it's not just as easy as turning off and on a light switch, right, everyone? I mean, I know that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, but that fruit was getting, getting strangled out, <laughs> you know? And uh, so uh, the want to is where it starts. Do you want to get well? yes. All right, then, then, then the want to ought to start the journey. The want to isn't the healing in itself, everyone. Right? The the want to get in shape and lose a few pounds is that's great. You know, the the first two weeks at the gym I hate because it's like the whole world is in there and we can't find. And but after two weeks, everybody's gone again because the want to left. You, you know. And I want to be happy, but, man, when anger sets in, I don't want to be happy. So I had to start finding the tool, pursuing the the want to says, i got to go add some tools to my toolbox so that I can overcome these things. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Anybody else just before we wrap up tonight? Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Um- I grew up with a father that was an alcoholic. He was really abusive and left when I was 13 and never came back. And um, I went through a series of, it was always seeking, trying to find the answer, why I felt the way I did inside. And ultimately, um, you know, got into recovery and that changed my life a lot. Um, then found Christ and would sit in church. And, um, and really, it's like everything made sense to me. I got it up here Mm -hmm. but i couldn't get it in my heart it was like it's like i could see god but i couldn't get him in here and it wasn't until i did a program that really um helped me to understand i did life too and life was amazing but i found after i needed something to show me how to get um to to pull those roots out and so what 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 happened was i was um i could see that um it was like basically going back and identifying what had happened, not, to, not as the victim and not to blame, but just to call it what it was, mm-hmm. then to connect that to what mm-hmm. I was doing presently in my life, the effects of that, and then um, to dismantle those old belief systems and That's replace so them with new ones. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized was that it really began with looking at who God was for me and who God wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because what I had done is I had taken the characteristics of my father and put them on God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good.
2: And then I couldn't go that's to God such good advice. with it, my with everything. Right. I couldn't turn to him in in the way that I kept hearing. Mm-hmm. So I had to literally dismantle those old beliefs so good. and then really understand it was like who would my father have been if I had if I could choose the father I wanted and he and and I began to list characteristics he was be loving gentle he would be protective and all of a sudden they went that's my God that's That's so good
0: that's great that's man come on up and teach roots would you I mean seriously no it's so true and that's that's kind of the same thing that happened to me I spent uh 20 uh probably 22 years preaching every Sunday to people about the love of the father People getting saved in our church every week. I mean, amazing things. Telling them that because I had head knowledge of it. But I didn't have... I wasn't... I didn't really truly understand the love of the Father. And uh, to me, it was kind of the same process. Is really beginning to understand that God's for us. He loves us. He loves us. I was... Aaron said it Sunday and it was like, Dude, you preach my sermon. You preach my life. Because I kept trying to love God enough... To get through those things, mm-hmm. and and I had to finally come to the place where no 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 no, it's that He loves me enough, and yeah. it just shifts. It, it, it shifts. Uh, that's great. Uh, can people come talk to you if they need to after? Absolutely. Okay. Great. 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 Uh, anybody else? Uh, we probably should close, but one more right here. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's. Yeah. Go for it.
3: Okay. Real quick. First of all, this woman here has helped me. She's been my savior angel with her past. She's turned it around and she's used it to help mm. me and my family. That's so she's good. one of the angels I've found here at Coastline. Real quick, uh, a lot of people here know me and my story. My son right next to me. I came out of an abusive marriage after 10 years. My son here has witnessed a lot of it and um, he had witnessed things that I didn't know he had witnessed and he told me that he had witnessed after I got separated four years ago, and he told me that he would stay up at night um, listening to arguments and watching me run into the bathroom with a bloody mouth, and uh, both him and my older um, daughter had seen me uh, being strangled and choked. Um, So he has a lot of anxiety, and I was praying to God to help me help him, and I came here three Sundays ago, and you started talking about how being betrayed— makes people want to control their lives and become perfectionist and become anxious. And uh, although he never comes to services with me, I begged him to come, and um, it's helped us both a lot. We walked out of this two weeks ago both sobbing all the way home because what has happened is that it's given him a lot of anxiety, and he wants to control his life. His dad has left, um, he just comes and visits, but he's not really—he's never been a dad for them. So there's betrayal, there's abuse, there's a combination of everything, mm-hmm. and it's—it's um, it's been a turning point. We've, from what we've learned from yeah. you, um, and he was just telling me the other night. I, I spoke to a therapist just to tie it to this, and told me that. Uh, boys that have been abused tend to become abusive men. Mm -hmm. And you have to watch out for that, which is a lot of what you've been saying. Mm -hmm. And he himself, he's 12, he explained to me how that works. Uh, I once told him, why do you keep raising your voice over me and your sisters? You say your dad does that to you and you don't like it. And he turned around and said, because it works. Mm -hmm. Because it worked. When Mm -hmm. he raised his voice, you would be quiet and you would do what he wants mm-hmm. you to say, which goes into what you were saying about that's the only way we knew mm-hmm. and it works. So it, it's a long story. I just wanted to say we learned a lot out of this. It's It's been a turning point for both of us. We've, we we're now trying to work on issues because the other dynamic of it is that he is a perfectionist and wants to control the day, wants to control mm-hmm. the situation. And if anything goes the other way, he gets anxious and upset. And I, on the other hand, resent control because I've been with a right. controlling and abusive husband for ten years. Mm-hmm. So anytime he tries to control me, I push him back. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of dynamics that, when when I think about what you've said, it's all in the roots. So mm-hmm. you 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 know, God answered our prayers through your um, through your program here, and we're grateful
0: awesome. for it. Awesome. John let's do this one more and thank you for sharing uh, and you're, you're coming out of Egypt it's a journey right everybody it's a journey and, and uh, we applaud you for coming and your son being with you and being on the journey and being open enough to have these discussions and transparent with one another we do we applaud you very much way to go Way to go. Yes, ma'am. And we'll close.
4: Yeah. um, My name is Barbara, and I was, um, I went with Aaron and the team to um, Alabama for the first session, Um, and I've led several groups, and I just wanted to make the comment that I've had some women come to me that are still really struggling. They're really, really struggling, and they're like, well, I've done life. Why am I still struggling? You know? and I just wanted to make the comment and address because there's some people that we're, we're, we're talking about living in freedom every day and we're talking about roots and it is an amazing, amazing, um, this is an amazing jumping off point to go straight into roots. But if, if you're here in this group right now and you've been through life already and you still aren't experiencing freedom it does not mean that you didn't do it right. Right. It just means good you point. might want to do it again. Right. Because this journey that you're talking about, about we go through and it's unraveling the roots and we want to become like Christ. It's it's a lifelong journey. And your first time through might have been just enough to crack the surface. And it might take two times, three yes. times, and then having the courage yes. to lead a group and maybe, so good. you know, and so don't be discouraged if you've been through life and you're not experiencing freedom. It's just, just keep pressing in and, you know, go through again.
0: That is such a perfect way to end this because yeah. that is so true. Let me tell you, this roots, uh, it's been called other things. I've been preaching this stuff to myself for years. And and I I, I preached it, you, you know, talked about it here. And it's amazing how many things I had to reprocess going through it again. We're on a journey, everybody, right? And we live in a world where bad things happen, and uh, I love what you said. Thank you so much. And, and can I just tell you, the enemy will try to tell you, all, it will try to lie to you about so many things. Oh, that's not that big a deal. Oh, that's, that really didn't happen. Uh, you, you know, um, but the reality is, is, I just love what you said. Just go through it again. And listen, it's not because we need something else for you guys to do. <laughs> That's not the goal of Coastline. Coastline is not trying to make busy Christians. Coastline's trying to help us get healthy. Uh, Mona and Cindy, would you guys kind of go ahead and I'm going to pray if you guys would slip to the door. You have some information if people want. And, uh, um, so, and, and do we know when those start yet? I mean, it's just a few weeks away, right? Okay. Okay. They'll they'll tell you. I'll stay out of it. I don't know. I'm going to be in Seattle. So, (laughs) all right. Hey guys, thank you so much. I hope Roots has helped at least, uh, giving you some things. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I just like the privilege of praying over you and praying for you tonight. Um, and so I'm going to take that opportunity. Father tonight, we kind of usually just close with a general prayer, but I heard a mama over here talk about beginning a journey and concerns about her little boy. And Lord, if she represents just half of us, God, the reality is this room has been full three Monday nights in a row because we're all on a journey. And without you, we fail, God. We can try all our techniques and we can try all our self-helps and we can do all those things. But God, the reality is we live in a fallen world and there's people in this room that have been beat up and kicked around and hurt and given wrong information, and been abandoned, and been abused, and done things, and had things done to them. And Lord, the reality is, is even if not, we live in a fallen world, a broken world, and it's filled with broken people. But God, you redeem, that's who you are, you redeem. And so Father, I know as I stand on this platform, I still got a ways to go, but what I'm so grateful for is I'm so much further along today. And so, Father, I pray for every person's journey. I pray for the young and the old. It's never too old to find healing. And I pray for the young, God, that that you would just help them to find healing early, Father. I pray that our life uh, groups this semester coming up would be the greatest series and session of life groups with the greatest breakthroughs, the greatest victories, God, uh, that we've ever seen at Coastline. I pray, God, that healthy, healed Christians begin to come out of those things, because God, while we're here, we, we don't we, we don't, God, we want to produce good fruit, and uh, so Father, help us on the journey. I love you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Man, God bless you guys. Love you. See you when we come back.